Good morning. Happy Easter. We were here last Sunday, and we talked about Palm Sunday and that triumphal entry where Jesus entered Jerusalem, uh, you know, leading up to the last week, and the crowds were shouting. It was not a quiet crowd. It was a shouting crowd. And they, what were they shouting? Hosanna, which, which literally means save us. Okay? I'm just kind of building up to where we're at today. And so the crowds were shouting that, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, our King. They're shouting this out. And then, and then we come to Good Friday where things changed. Things kind of took a turn. They're, they're shouting. They wanted, uh, and kind of what Zeke was talking about, political. They wanted a political Messiah. Save us now from Rome. But Good Friday comes around and, and things change. The, the crowd, they, they, they're no longer shouting, save us. They're shouting, crucify him, crucify him. We talked about that on Friday night. The chief priests had stirred up the crowds to shout that because that's what they wanted. Interesting, though, I was... Uh, I was uh, speaking on Friday night out here, and, and a bunch of people were pointing out over there somewhere, right? Remember that? Some of you. <laughs> there was a fox cross in the field, I guess. I didn't see it. But when I pulled up this morning, and, and, and foxes, they're, they're very territorial, and they do the same thing all the time. We have one by our house. They do the same. They, they have this circuit. They go. So the fox was just ran, you know, by my car, you know, about 20 feet away. And then he, he stopped over by the planting out there and picked up a dead bird or something. And then I went, and, and then he, I couldn't see him, so I went in closer. And he looks up at me. He had dropped the bird. <laughs> and I, sa- I said, and he goes, <laughs> and I did it again. And he picked up the bird and ran. <laughs> Anyways, but, but it made me think about fox, foxes, because there are foxes in the, in the Bible. And, I, and I, I looked it up. There's two occasions I want to read to you, one from Luke chapter 13. It does have something to do with what I'm going to speak about today, believe me. Uh, Luke chapter 13 and verse 31, it says, At that time, some Pharisees, they came to Jesus. They said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. And he replied, go tell that fox, I'll drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. What was he talking about? He was talking about the resurrection, wasn't he? No one's going to stop it. Tell that fox whatever. The other occurrence is uh, in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2. It says that the little foxes, they ruin the vineyards. And I remember hearing about this years ago. You've you got to watch out for the little foxes because they'll get in and ruin the crop. And it's the little things in our lives that we have to watch out for. The, the big things, we know they're, you know they're a problem. But the little things come in and we've got to watch out. Anyways... Good Friday, now the, the, the crowds, they're shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And so then we get to this idea of the cross, right? 
And they certainly did crucify him. They, they put him up on this brutal cross. And, and, and they're shouting, save us now. And now they're shouting, crucify, crucify. But the truth is that was the only way for us to be saved is by the cross. The cross to save us eternally. For our sins to be forgiven, there was no other way. There's no other program. There's no other kind of thing that you can do. The answer to their cry, save us now, was and is today the cross. But thankfully, the cross wasn't the end of the story, right? That's why we're here today. If it, if it really was the end of the story, you know, what good was it that a man died? He came and he did a lot of good stuff, said a lot of good things, but then he's dead. He's buried. He's in a tomb somewhere. What good would that be? He'd be just like anybody else. And, and the fact of the matter is that, that uh, unless he was the sinless, perfect son of God, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world, unless he was that sacrifice, he would have to die for himself anyways. But because he was, Jesus Christ, and because he rose from the dead, you and I have life. And he is risen. So what I want to suggest to you today is, is they're shouting out Hosanna, and then they're shouting out crucify him. But what we want to shout today is he is risen. Can you shout that out with me one time? He is risen. You see, that, that's, that's the message that that we have, the good news that, that uh, Zeke was talking about, that Matt was talking about, he is risen. We, we said, I grew up Greek Orthodox, and, and uh, you know, we would say that Christos Anesti, that's what that means up there. And, and, and uh, it means Christ is risen. And we would just say that, it was just a greeting on, on Easter Sunday. And, and we, we kind of do it now a little bit. And, and uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine uh, who is now in New Jersey at, at uh, Calvary Chapel, Old Bridge. But, but he's from California. He'd been, been there uh, all of his life. But he was saying, you know, there's something here on the East Coast in New Jersey, and, and it's true in Rhode Island as well, where a lot of people come out on Good Friday and on Easter. He says in California, it's a four-day weekend. They just pack up and go camping or something. But there's something here. And maybe, maybe it's the Catholic influence. I don't know. Whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but it, it's, it's a good thing that people would come to remember and to celebrate what we call Good Friday, what we call the resurrection. Without the resurrection, Jesus is still dead and he's still buried and he couldn't save us, but, but he is risen. I want to take you through a little journey in the scripture because I believe in the Bible. I believe the scripture is the word of God and I, and I encourage you to read it for yourself all the time, right? I say that all the time. I read this morning that I read a, an interesting thing about uh, America and what Americans believe. And it says this, that, that uh, a stunning proportion of Americans believe the biblical accounts of the physical resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. Okay, so, so a stunning proportion of Americans believe, right, that, that Jesus and what the Bible says about it is true, that they're accurate. 
23% they disagree the biblical account happened. 11% say that they are unsure. Now, up here in the Northeast, it's, it's not as high. It's about 60%. And then younger people, it's, it's even a little bit lower at 58%. But what struck me about this article is that it says this, for the first time, a majority, 51%, said the Bible is 100% accurate in all it teaches. And, because they ask different questions, right? They come up with these numbers. 62%, they saw the Bible as the most authoritative source for what they hold dear. Okay? So 50% are saying it's 100% accurate. 62% are saying it's the, the most authoritative source. Now, when you and I think about these numbers, if that's true in America, like, what is wrong with this picture? Despite these encouraging numbers, other statistics in the same study, they show a confused and apathetic populace regarding Scripture and truth. For for the first time, a majority, 53%, which conflicts with what, they, they saw in different questions, 53% said the Bible contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. And 40% see modern science as disproving scripture. 32% believing God isn't concerned with their daily decisions. This mixture of findings left author and apologist Rebecca McLaughlin seeing both positive and negative trends, a reality that left her hopeful and heartbroken at the same time. That's that's what I see. That's what I hear. That's what I think as well. She goes on to say, you know, that it's 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 unfortunate, it's sad that that people say they believe all this, but it doesn't translate into their real lives. And if you if you believe what the scripture says, then you need to uh, let it affect your life. It's not enough just to say, oh yeah, I, be- I believe the Bible, the Bible's true, I believe in God and, and, and all these things, but it doesn't affect our lives. It doesn't affect how we live. What's important in our lives, then don't bother. What I think. So I'm going to take you just through a little uh, little work, you know, a little circuit through like that fox he goes on this little journey and we're just going to go through some of the scriptures and what what did they say what did what what did we read there in the bible about what the resurrection means how does it affect you how does it affect me so let's start we're going to start with matthew we're going to look uh you all can find matthew first gospel of the bible uh matthew uh chapter 28 uh, if you want to just listen along, that's fine too. But if you have your Bible, you can follow along with me. I'm, I'm going to make it easy for you today. But at the empty tomb, the women who went there, Matthew chapter 28, verse 5, uh, the, the women who went there, this is what they found. Matthew 28, not 25. The angel, they found an angel there, and the angel is speaking to them. And the angel said to the, whim, to the women there, Do not be afraid. 
For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him. Important, important thing. The angel was there. Don't be afraid. This world is full of fear. This life is full of fear. But, but the angel said, don't be afraid. Don't let fear control you. Don't let fear be uh, stopping you. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's not here. He's not dead. He's not in this tomb anymore. And I think for you and I to remember to keep our eyes on that, not on the things and circumstances of this life. The fear will overtake us. I, I know I face fear. But when we focus on the fact that Jesus is alive and he does care about the things in our lives, the, the, the daily things in our lives, and I see it over and over and over again. And, and, and when, when, when I face different things and, 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 and I pray and ask him to help, he does. Now, it's not always instantaneous, but he is so faithful. He is so faithful. I, I, I can honestly say there's not a single prayer that he has not answered in my life. Now, he doesn't always say yes. Sometimes he says, no, that's not a real good idea. But he always answers. I, I kind of like what he said here. You know, the angel said, Jesus, he isn't here. And, and I was, as I was greeting people, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, hallway there, I thought, you know what, we're here. You're here. That's exciting. I'm glad you're here. But the reason that you're here is because he isn't there. Right? That's why we're here. We're here to get, you know, why else would you go to a church? If, if Jesus is still in that tomb, buried somewhere, why are we here? It's a, it's a waste of time. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. But because he isn't in that tomb, that's why we're here today. That's why churches over all, all across our country, all across this planet, are meeting today at different times because of the different time zones. He's risen. So the messenger from heaven, we start. that's where it starts off. The angel says he's not here. He is risen. Now Peter, we talked about this as well. Peter, he, he rebuked Jesus when he, when he talked about the cross and the resurrection and he took Jesus aside and, and it didn't go real well for Peter. But, but let's see what happened to Peter in Acts chapter 2. So turn ahead to the, to the book of Acts. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and Acts chapter 2. In verse 21, Peter is preaching to this huge crowd, right? And, and, and God is doing something incredible there. And, and Peter, his whole life is turned around now. For him, it's Jesus, his resurrection, and the fact that, that he died for our sins. But, but he, he quotes from the book of Joel, verse 21. We'll, we'll start with the last verse of this quotation. And, and Peter's quoting from the Old Testament. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He goes on to say this. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth 
was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Jesus did incredible stuff. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death. Put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It was impossible for him to stay in the tomb. Why? Because he was the son of God. He was was God the son who came to the earth to die for our sins and, and, and he was sinless, perfectly sinless. There's nothing that could keep him in that tomb. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. That's why we're here today. God raised him from the dead. Death could not hold him. Look at verse 32 in that same chapter. Again, Peter's life is completely turned around. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. The angel told the women, go tell the disciples, go tell them Jesus is alive. That's what we're talking about today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He is risen from the dead. Peter, again and again, Peter, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 10, Peter's saying Jesus has risen from the dead. You can't get away from that. You take that out of the Bible, what do you have? You take it out of the New Testament, you have nothing. Nothing to build your life upon. Now there was a man named Paul. Paul the Apostle. And he went about persecuting Christians. And and he was called Saul at the time. His name was changed. But but he went around because he he was like the Pharisees. You know, uh, who who wanted to get rid of uh, anything to do with Jesus. So he went around persecuting Christians and having them put to death. But, but Paul had an encounter with Jesus. He was going to a place to do some more persecution, and he met Jesus on the road. Jesus showed himself to him. He saw the risen Lord on that road to Damascus. And, and this is what he says. If you'll turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And you know... Why am I reading all these Bible verses? Because this is the word of God. You know, what I say means nothing, really. But what God says by his word means everything. Acts chapter 13, verse 28. Paul is speaking now. We saw what Peter had to say about it. Paul says in verse 28, Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence. They asked Pilate, Pontius Pilate, to have him executed. There was nothing. They, they tried over and over again. Let's, let's find something we can nail him with. Some charge that might stick. There was no charge. There was nothing that ever, ever could be found against Jesus, Jesus Christ. And when they had carried out All that was written about him, meaning all the things that were prophesied in the Old Testament about the the Messiah who would die, says they took him down from the tree. 
the cross and they laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead and for many days he was seen by those who traveled with him. God raised him from the dead. The Father raised him right up. He's alive. He's alive. He is risen even today. Go to the next book. Paul is speaking in the book of Romans, chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, it says in verses 9 and 10, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. He died. Why did he die? Why did he come to die? He died for our sins, for your sin, for my sin. Even, even if we don't understand what sin is, it's interesting. Zeke said the guy, he, he, he thought a sin was breaking you know, the, the civil law or, or whatever. But there's a law that's higher than the civil law, isn't it? It's God's law. And that's what sin is. Sin is, is going against everything that God has, has ordained and set up and, and said this is the way of life. You and I, we're all sinners. For somebody to, first of all, say, yeah, I agree, I am a sinner. That, that's a big step. Some of us think, well, you know, I, you know, I never really did much. I never killed anybody. You know, I, I haven't, you know, robbed any banks lately. You know, we think that, that's what a sin is. That's what a sinner is. And, and, and there's that kind of a concept. But, but the truth of the matter is from, from, from birth, really from birth, there's a sin nature within every one of us. We all have sinned from birth. You know, if you ever raised a kid, did you ever have to teach that kid how to lie? You don't have to teach him that. Did you, do you have to teach them how to manipulate situations? You don't have to teach them anything. They already know how to do all that stuff. How did you, how did you learn that? Because the sin nature is within us. It's right in our flesh. It's right there. But he died for sin. But he didn't stay dead. He lives. And he lives to God. Chapter 8 of Romans, verse 11, says this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit of God, is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. So there's a sense this, this resurrection and the life it now affects the way we live. The, if, if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus is living in you, and, and, and he, he said just a couple of verses before, if the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ isn't living in you, then you don't belong to him. But if he is living in you, the Spirit, he's going to raise us up as well. And, and that's the, the, the renewing power of God working in our lives for those of us who believe in him, those of us who have been Changed, born again, that term that the Bible uses. He gives life. 
He gives life to us. Look at verse 32 in that same chapter. Verse 32 says this. Let's read verse 31 because I, I love it. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? I love that. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's he's interceding for us. He was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God right now. He's he's interceding or praying or speaking to God the Father on our behalf. He's speaking to God on your behalf. Sometimes, uh, and I kind of face this just yesterday realized this and, and, and I kind of had a really bad week, probably because we're coming up to Good Friday and Easter. I just had a really, it was a horrible week. I'll just say it. And I thought, you know, this is, this is happening because nobody is praying for me. That's, that, I thought that, so, you know, it'd be nice if someone was praying for me. And, and but it wasn't true. And, and then I talked to my friend yesterday that I mentioned, and, and first he left a voicemail message. He says, you know what, I've, I've just been thinking about you a lot and praying for you a lot. And I just go, <sighs> like, and so, there, so it, it just occurred to me that just because I don't know it, just because I don't feel it, that people are praying. And it's important for us to pray for one another. We, we, we may not see the results of those prayers, but all that to say, it, that's important. But, but what's more important is what it says right here in Romans 8.34, is that he is alive and he, Jesus himself is praying for you if you belong to him. I think what Jesus prays is probably the best I'll pray something for you if you know if I think and I and I know, uh, you know that you have a need. I'll pray for you and I'll pray what I think might be a good thing. But but when Jesus prays, He knows it all beginning to end. He knows perfectly what to pray for you. So if you think if you come to that place where you're having a bad week and you don't think anyone's praying for you, just remember Jesus is praying for you because He's alive and He's right there at the right hand of God interceding for you. He's alive. He's risen. Romans chapter 10. I told you I had a bunch here because this is God's word. And maybe one of these will stick out to you. Maybe one of these you will remember. Maybe one will will speak to your heart. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, a verse that uh, many memorize when they first become believers. says in, in verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and... Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is, the, this is how we enter the family of God, by believing in Jesus Christ, that he died for us, that he rose from the dead. That's how you and I are saved. That's how you and I enter the brand new life of faith in Jesus Christ. Next book, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's keep moving here. Some of you have a ham in the oven. It reminds me of a story. We were living in England at the time, and we were at this uh, church in, uh, in England. They do that. They put their roast in the oven before they go to church, right? So that when they get home, it's all ready for them. And... Uh, there was a missionary at church that week, and he, was, he had been in Cambodia in the Khmer Rouge during that time of uh, great upset. But Jesus was doing incredible things. And he went over, right? Like maybe 20 minutes over the regular time. And the pastor was at the back door. And I, I heard this. I was, I was standing close by, and, and a, a gal came up to him and said to the pastor, thanks for the burnt offering. <laughs> the roast was going to burn. In my mind, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, what, he, what this guy had to share was, like, intense. It was incredible. But that's kind of... So, if your oven is in the, uh, or your uh, ham is in the oven right now, I- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to not go too, too far, and hopefully you'll be okay. Acts chapter, or 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. He's going to raise us too. He's going to raise us out of this planet. He's going to raise us out of, out of the tomb. He's, he's going to raise us up to brand new life. We're going to be in heaven with him forever and ever and ever. That's the promise of God. That's eternal life. It's not eternal life just down here on earth. It's eternal life with him face to face forever and ever and ever. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 what do they call 1 Corinthians chapter 15? The resurrection chapter. Over and over and over. And one of, the, one of the, the highlights of it is that, you know what, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then our faith is, is in vain. It's useless. It's a waste of time. But look what he says in verse 3. Paul, the apostle, again speaking, he says, I... Re- For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is the most important thing, he said. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and he appeared to all these others. And, And he goes on a whole list of all these. Of the most important thing, Peter, uh, Paul's telling us here, that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scripture, the, the Old Testament scripture. He was buried and he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the most important thing in life. You know, there are places where they have no written language 
And I mentioned this ministry called Gospel Recordings. And they, they will go and they will record things that they would listen and hear the message. And, and they, they can't record the whole Bible. Uh, you know, they don't have all the resources and the time to do that. But they'll record the, the most important things. And this is the most important thing. That Jesus died for you. That he died for me. That he, that he was buried. He was actually physically put in a tomb. But then he literally physically rose from the dead. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Only a couple more left for you. Stay with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves. But for him who died for them. And was raised again. And I didn't, I didn't choose every verse that talks about the resurrection. Because we'd be here. We would be here all day. But something in this verse tells me about this idea that if Jesus died and rose again for us, what are we called to do with the lives that we have? He says it here that that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and was risen, was raised again, to live for him. You know, if Jesus was still dead in that tomb, who would live for a dead idol, basically? There are a lot of there are a lot of you know religions in this planet, you know, living for you know a cause or living for somebody who is dead and buried. But for you and I, the call is to live for Him. When my wife and I got married. We have a song from the wedding, and I haven't sang it for a long, long time, but it says, you know, that for us to live for him because he gave his life for us. To dedicate ourselves to living for him. It's a choice, you know. It's not automatic. It's a daily choice. Who am I going to live for today? Am I living for myself and what I want and my goals and my plans and my bank account? Or am I going to live for him because he died for me and dedicate myself to living for him? The last one I think uh, I'll have you turn to is, is found in the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 1. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. And we, we call, you know, the book, a lot of people pronounce it mistakenly as Revelations or the book of Revelation. But if you look in what it says, the very first words in the book of Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. The revelation of Jesus Christ. We're going to finish with this 
some verses here in chapter 1. Let's jump down to verse 4. And John the Apostle, the only one who didn't die a martyr's death, they tried to kill him, the tradition tells us, but they weren't able to. Why? Because God had a plan for him, and, and one of the things was that he would give us this book, the revelation of Jesus Christ. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn, the first one. And the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's the firstborn. He, he, he opened the way for us. He loves us. He loves you. He has freed us from our sins by his blood. And he's made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. Not to serve ourselves. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. That covers it all, the Almighty. Verse 9, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, and those certainly are things that are part of our lives, include suffering. There are suffering in this life. But there's also a kingdom. And there's also Jesus who's going to return for us. He says, I was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see. And send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet. And with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Who is it? It's Jesus. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Verses 17 and 18 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and he said, Do not be afraid. 
I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of of death and of Hades or hell. It's interesting, isn't it? The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. He isn't here. He is risen. Jesus, now the risen Lord, John the Apostle, he falls at his feet because of because of the brilliance of, of the Son of God, of Jesus Christ. He saw him for, for who he really is. And one day you and I will see that same brilliance, literally, face to face. But Jesus says the same thing. Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, but I am alive forever and ever. And I've got the keys of death and, and hell. It, All the answers are found there. They shouted, save us now. We want a Messiah. We want someone who who will save us, who will be the one that that provides everything we need. Yes, he was that one. He he didn't do it the way that they thought he would at that time. They didn't see the cross. They, they, They wanted freedom from Rome. But the cross and the resurrection were the answer. I am alive forever and ever. You know what? You and I serve Jesus Christ who is alive. We serve a living Savior who was raised to life, who gives, who gives us life, who gave you life, who's praying for you right now, even now, who's going to raise us up and we're going to be with him forever and ever. But he's calling us to make those choices every day today to live for him. Who am I going to live for today? Jesus. 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 He is risen. We're going to pray. We're going to thank God. We're going to be just appreciative of of all that he's done for us, but I think we also want to dedicate ourselves. Maybe we don't get to church that often. Maybe it is, you know, that, that Easter Sunday is a day that we like to go and it's, it's important to us, but you know what? He wants our hearts every day, not just Easter Sunday. He wants my heart tomorrow when I wake up. I like to watch the sunrise if I can. I see it here. He said his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. You can watch the sunrise, and it's like it's like a fire on the horizon. And but but once it gets up high enough, you can't continue to stare at. It. You can't continue to look at. It. It's just so incredibly bright. He says that John saw his face was like that, shining. It's just like the sun shining in all its brilliance. The writer of the Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's a daily thing. We've got to look to him each and every day. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we just want to stop right now. Let our world stop. Let our lives stop. And just for a moment, stop and say that he is risen.
Jesus Christ is risen. And he died for me. He died for my sin. He, he, he rose from the dead to conquer death. That he has the keys to death and hell. And it's by trusting in him that we have life. I hope, and as we pray right now, I hope that you have, you, that's a matter settled for you. You've given your life to Jesus. You've received him and, and there's no other savior. There's no other answer, no other hope, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Him risen from the dead. And I hope that that's settled for you, but maybe it's not. And, and if it's not, today's a good day to, to, to just make it right. Bible says to all who believed and received in him, he gave the right to become children of God. So to believe in him that he died for you, that he rose from the dead, and to receive him into your heart and life, that's, that's how you enter in. That's the key. Those are the keys that get you into heaven. Jesus Christ. You can pray with me right now and say, Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. And I just heard that the Bible said you died for my sins. And so I, I believe you. I believe in you. And I ask you into my life, my heart, today. Resurrection Sunday, 2023. heaven is shouting and rejoicing for those who do and many will and maybe some here today even father in heaven i thank you for your son jesus who changed my life uh, back in 1976 september 1st when i made that choice and my life has never been the same oh there's a lot of Hard times, Lord, I know you you know that and and but even you use the thorns and you use the suffering and the trials and the troubles to to work out your plans. All things work together for good to those that love God. Be with your people today and I and Lord I, I just pray your blessing on each one each person in this room each person listening may God bless you the Lord bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you may he give you his peace may the love of God be upon your life in Jesus name amen, amen. let's stand and sing